You're listening to The Tool Belt, a manufacturing podcast focusing on logistics, safety, operations, and breaking industry news. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Tool Belt Podcast, brought to you by the Endeavor Business Media Manufacturing Group. I'm Dave Blanchard. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Material Handling and Logistics, and I'm hosting the Supply Chain Insider installment of the Tool Belt. In today's episode, sponsored by Spark Technologies, we'll be talking to Sean Webb, Director of Sales and Operations for North America with Spark, a company that provides fit-to-size automated packaging. Among other topics, Sean will talk about when, why, and how companies should start automating their own packaging processes and what all is involved. So, let's get started. Welcome to this edition of Supply Chain Insider. We're talking today with Sean Webb. Sean is the Director of Sales and Operations for North America with Spark Technologies. So, first of all, welcome, Sean. Thanks, Dave. I uh, appreciate you having me today. Absolutely. And we appreciate you taking some time to talk with us. If you could just give our listeners a brief overview of what exactly Spark Technologies does and uh, your role there, then we can get started with some some really good questions we talked about. Excellent. Sure. Spark Technologies is a leader in automated packaging. And really what we do is create a right size box dynamically. So as items are placed onto um, our system, we automatically scan those and right size them. So in this day and age of high productivity needed in, in warehouses and fulfillment, our system allows for a very uh, flexible box that can be created on demand. So it can create that right size box. It can create all kinds of efficiencies in the in the operations process and create a lot of sustainability initiatives that companies are looking for in this day and age. Okay, thanks. Uh, so what we do with our guests here on Supply Chain Insiders, we like to find out, we take a look at the supply chain from their perspective. And certainly your perspective is going to be different from some of the other people that we've talked to in, in previous podcasts. And that's great because we want to see, you know, kind of create through the, the process of the podcast, a, a big picture of what is really going on out there in, in, in the world of supply chain. So, again, this is this is from your perspective, not necessarily from the entire world, but from from Spark and from your perspective there. What do you see as being some of the biggest challenges that, that companies, your customers are seeing in their supply chains? Well, I think what we've seen in the last few years is uh, a large transition to an e-commerce type environment where um, customers are getting very comfortable pointing and clicking and ordering online. And this this change really has um, created a necessity to the whole supply chain process to change how they've done it historically. It's created a lot of demands that you know fluctuate quite a bit. And you know, as we've seen, it, it creates that need for automation. Um, and the other dynamic I think that really plays into this is the changes in the labor market that have occurred, um, kind of starting with an e-commerce 
um, type of environment, along with the pandemic and some of the different challenges that were created there. Um, and it's created a whole different environment for finding that labor needed to meet the demands of the customers in the fulfillment process. So I think that some of the challenges we're seeing out there is moving from something that was a very manual process to an autom automated one that's more efficient and able to keep up with those demands of this new environment. All right, well, that, that leads to a natural follow-up question, which is how are companies dealing with, with those labor issues? I mean, is it, is it as simple as just saying, oh, well, I, don't, I can't find enough good workers, so I'll buy some equipment? I mean, how, how, how do companies deal with situations where they can't get enough good people to stay with them? Yeah, sure. I, I think in this, what we're seeing right now, um, obviously, they're looking for that labor and for all different parts of the warehouse. But the, you know, specifically in the packing area, um, it's one of those areas that has seen, you know, little automation over the years. So I think people have focused on automating the picking and other processes upstream. And really that labor demand is happening in the packing area. And th they go to um, a lot of different, um, let's call it tactics, to try and, and attract um, employees. And I think that's also having an effect by raising the cost on that labor. Um, so as they do that and try and look and, and stick with that, the same model that they've used over the years, it's creating the and amplifying the problem, if you will. Um, so they're turning now to automation and they're really looking to be creative in finding whatever solution they can. Um, and in the end, um, as they look at it, understand what their application looks like, there are different automation solutions that will, you know, probably best fit their needs as they move forward in trying to address that, not only the, you know, the cost of the labor as it's going up, but also the flexibility as things go up and down, um, as any cycle, um, you know, creates, they're able to have that flexibility with the automation. So that word automation, uh, when you hear from people who have particular supply chain issues, whether it's with labor, whether e-commerce is just overwhelming them, whatever the case might be, when they come to you and they say, hey, Sean, we need to get automated, what do, do they even know what they what they want or do they just know that they need to get automated? Yeah, I, I think that it, it generally, they're not really sure what they're looking for a lot of times. Um, I think companies are understanding that they have problems in labor, transportation costs, material costs. Um, and so they, as they go through this process, I don't think they really understand it other than they're feeling the pain. The people that are in the warehouse are, are really, um, you know, they're feeling the pain by not being able to meet their, uh, you know, the company's goals or getting those orders out. And they're working longer hours. The finance people are seeing it in, you know, the cost of, of their business. Um, and they're looking for different ways to compete. So I think that we see it with those customers coming and talking to us from a variety of different angles. Some might know a specific challenge they're looking to resolve. Um, but others are really looking to start a conversation and learn about what solutions are out there and how we can kind of put together the right um, solution for their application. Okay, so let's let's drill down a little bit and, and talk about your own area expertise, uh, automated packaging. 
So let's assume that when someone comes and, and talks to you or your company, they kind of know that they what they want is automation in their packaging processes. So how first of all, how does that help a company? What are some of the benefits with a company that's overwhelmed by the demands of e-commerce? How can automating their packaging process help them? Yeah, great question. I, I think the couple of the main areas um, that we see that customers have a challenge and how this automated solution can help them. Um, number one is the productivity. Uh, finding a solution, you know, when, when you automate your process, you're able to kind of have a much higher level of productivity than you can with the individuals and in doing it in a manual process. So that's one big gain um, from automating. Um, you know, finding the labor to meet the needs of those customers in this day and age, you know, it started off, you could order something and it, that package would come in seven days. But as the market has kind of matured a little bit, the expectations are that, you know, customers receive those in say two days and the compression of that continues to, to evolve as well. So um, that automation really allows them to meet the needs of those customers. That's one big part of it. Um, And then you see those savings. They're, they're able to kind of create that additional productivity, um, with the automation, creating that investment, and then there's significant savings because of the cost of labor, and you're able to get that higher productivity. So what we see is about an 88% savings in the labor um, category when we look at someone's ROI. Um, in addition to that, you know, as we go through this conversation and talk about um, you know our solution and other automated solutions out there, you know, once we right size that box the transportation savings come down dramatically as well. So then they're able to realize additional savings to help pay for that investment. Another big area is the material cost. So once they right size a box, they don't need to you know, add additional material into it to fill those void spaces or that extra air. That creates savings on um, at, you know, those any kind of air pillows or anything that they might put in there to, to package it, right? So in addition, what we see is there's a lot of sustainability initiatives. Think of that, that smaller box, you can fit more onto a truck. More boxes on a truck creates less truckloads. That creates a carbon footprint savings. In addition to the, you know, cutting down less trees, um, not putting some of those plastics into the box, and that ends up in landfills. So more additional sustainability initiatives. We had talked before this call about um, the idea of bringing automation downstream. How, how does that process impact on the pa- on the packaging process, bringing, bringing automation downstream? Talk about that a little bit, if you would. Well, when you think about it, um, as someone's implementing automation upstream, whether it's in their auto store or in the picking using robots or some other process, Um, The next bottleneck that occurs is in your packing area. So you're kind of only as good as your weakest link in this process. And so if you have challenges upstream and you've resolved those, you've just you're following the path all the way through the process. And this is where, um, you know, in the packing area, what we've seen is that since there's been such a big focus automating upstream, it creates that natural kind of a larger demand to resolve those bottlenecks, which again, 
amplifies the need for more manual um, labor to, to help in that packaging process. Whereas when you can automate that, and now that automation fits in and integrates with the rest of the facility, you're able to have a very seamless flow and, and keep, up, keep up with the productivity demands of the customer. So I go to a lot of, oh, I'm sure you do too, but I go to a lot of trade shows and conferences, supply chain and e-commerce and logistics and the whole nine yards related. And I also often hear companies, you know, potential customers, I guess, of yours and, and some of the other exhibitors who might be at the show. And a lot of the questions I hear asked, and so I'm going to ask you that same question. How does a company know when it's time to automate their packaging? What what would sort of be a, a telltale sign that a company's best option would be automating their packaging? Yeah, great question. Um, I don't think there's any kind of specific, you know, um, silver bullet or one one size fits all uh, sure, to sure. answer that. Um, but certainly customers, as they're falling behind meeting the needs of those customers, that's one indication. Um, another one is they simply can't find the labor, can't find it to meet the needs of um, their normal process or if they have a peak season kind of finding that labor and, and all the challenges that come with that. Um, I think as people go through those cycles, what we've seen is it's, it's a big indicator when you come out of a peak season and the whole team is just completely exhausted from the process and you've got to just start it all over again. These are some of the, the signs, I think, um, that they need to take a look at automation as their business. If they look ahead and see growth how are they going to continue growing and meet those needs, right? So if they have a 20% year-over-year growth and they're struggling now to find labor, as they look forward and plan out their business, that's a big signal that they need to look at automation. Um, so I think there's a number of ways that it can start, those signals start um, showing it and and kind of creating the really the need for a conversation around it and finding alternatives to solve those problems. Okay. Yeah, that was those are some really good examples. And as, as we discussed, um, probably part two to that question would be if I'm, again, if I'm a, if I'm a company who has issues with my packaging, after you've explained to me and I've nodded my head and said, yeah, those are all, those are some of the problems we're having right now. Those are some of the issues. What will it take for a company to integrate all the, the various systems that they've got together if they want to get their, you know, their packaging process automated? So, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, not to, again, not to be specific, every company is different, but what would that integration process kind of look like? Yeah, and, and I think that's the challenge in answering that directly is each one may be slightly different depending upon if they've started any automation uh, in their process at all in the past. Um, my answer kind of might be a little bit different, but I think it starts with first, you know, having conversations and understanding what your options are. Um, beginning to automate is really not that difficult for a lot of companies to start. Um, you know, that's why we've seen it in different sections of the supply chain process. Um, my advice is to really start those conversations and don't be afraid of automation. I think for me, um, 
talking with a lot of different people is they have a fear and that fear be, you know, kind of creates that analysis paralysis. Um, but they really just need to get moving. And what I've seen is once customers start and get comfortable making a small change and moving towards automation, um, they understand the value of it and they start moving even faster and looking for ways to, to bring other investments into that whole um, automation process to, to solve their problem. So um, I don't think there's any specific one area that I would say, yeah, you know, start in this section or this other section. I think it's really about looking at what are their goals, where are their bottlenecks and start having those conversations with um, companies like ours or other partners that they're working with. All right. So kind of wrapping up the types of questions that I'm sure you, you get all the time. Another question would be, what would be the ROI of an automated packaging solution? What, what you know, if I'm in a supply chain role and I have to convince the CFO or somebody else high up in the finance world that this is the way our company should be going, and they say, well, what's the ROI of automated packaging? What, what kind of answer do you and, and other sorts of packaging companies tell people that they can expect? Yeah, um, great question. Again, um, I think I've got a background in finance and the the return on this investment is really amazing. Um, it all does depend again on the application, the number of packages, what their growth opportunity looks like, how they've managed the business in the past. But we really see, you know, an investment that they can get a return on in 12 to 18 months and some customers even less than that so when you look at that um, the ability to make that investment and get a return on it it becomes a new revenue stream very quickly which allows them to to finance that growth so the the return and and the numbers um, associated with automating I know certainly in the packaging area, it really is amazing. And when people and the finance people really dig into this and understand their business and how, you know, an 88% savings on labor, a 32% savings in transportation and a 38% savings in material cost, how those play into it, it, it really, from a finance standpoint, um, it really allows people to move forward very quickly in understanding the value of of this type of automation. Oh, absolutely. Those are significant. Uh, well, well beyond double digit. Um, uh, you know, in double digit, sometimes people think, well, I'm, I'm talking 10 or 11 percent, but 88 percent and 32 and 38 percent. Those are significant savings. Uh, wrapping up a little bit here, Sean, I'd like to, first of all, give you a chance to to give any final thoughts that you might have, as well as maybe a, a, a look forward to the rest of the year. What, what do you expect to see happen with with uh, with companies in automated packaging as e-commerce doesn't seem to be slowing down one bit right now? Well, I think it's just going to continue to grow. And I think what we're going to see is um, this is a little bit newer, disruptive type technology sure. uh, that we're offering. So as as companies get comfortable with it, they become more aware of it. We're just going to see, um, from a competitive standpoint, people are going to need to have this type of automation in order to remain competitive. Um, so we we see this really growing. 
um, as you think about the connection between um, the customer and the brand, we're seeing um, a real focus now because people aren't maybe coming into the stores like they were. That is the relationship that these these brands are creating with the customer and the packaging is becoming more and more important. So as we look forward, and I don't think e-commerce is going away, uh, we, we may start to see instead of the um, kind of the, the growth that's just been skyrocketing, maybe we'll see that come down a little bit. Um, but I think that just allows companies the opportunity to to really have a, a window to automate and move forward and be competitive. So I, I think I just see it's it's an exciting time for us in the the right size packaging automation sector, and um, we're really excited about it and excited about the value it brings to these end customers. Fantastic. Uh, so we've been talking with Sean Webb with Spark Technologies about the future of automated packaging and if it's the right move for your company. So Sean, thank you so much for your insights. I, I wish you well for the, I'm strange to think half of the year is already gone, but wish you well for the rest of 2023 and uh, look forward to, to catching up with you again later on, on what's going on out there in the world of supply chain. Thanks Dave, I appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot, Sean, take care. And that's going to wrap it up for this Supply Chain Insider Edition of the Tool Belt. Our thanks again to the sponsor of this podcast, Spark Technologies. You can find the full transcript of this podcast at the Material Handling and Logistics website, which is mhlnews.com. And for MHNL, I'm Dave Blanton. See you next time.